This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. Grand No Restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, I want to mention our team, of course, of Dave Settlemeyer and, and uh, Frank Mergia, Josh Folio, Wayne Weil, behind the scenes, getting the show ready. And, of course, on mic, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and Mike Wysocki. We are at Talent Network Studios in Pittsburgh, as you know, and uh, so you listen hopefully every week. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you listen every week, we thank you. I am really excited about football season. My fantasy team is undefeated, three and zero. So I'm excited about three. I'm excited about that. Now, as, as you know, I live in Pittsburgh, so I'm kind of bummed about the Steelers right now because Ben is hurt. He is the we are Air Coriel and he is better than Fouts. So without him, we don't really have the same offense. So we just we lost that you know lost that game to that squeaker to the Ravens. They're just a little stronger than us. Ben is healthy. We're good. So we just got to hang in there until all that happens. I've been I have been playing Fanduel and I've been enjoying myself with Fanduel. I really really like it. It's a, it, you know what I like about FanDuel is it's every week. That's what I like about it. And plus, you can get in multiple contests. And it doesn't cost you an arm and leg. That's just it. It was so easy. What I did was you go on onto the site, okay? Create your account. I put myself personally, I put like $100 in the account. And it lasts. So far, it's been lasting. It's been great. Now, I haven't won like some of the people I see on TV and in the ads and here on podcasts and radio. That's my goal. I want to be that guy. I know you've heard me say this before, but it's true. I see that guy on these TV ads or hear it on another podcast and I'll hear, you know, hey, I'm John Williams from Maryland or whatever, and I want two and a half million dollars so far on fan. Well, hey, I want to be that guy. So bad, believe me. I want the two. I want to be the two and a half million dollar guy each week. It's out there. I'll tell you that the money's real. They're expecting to pay out two billion dollars. Is what what the payout is total. So it is out there. It is being paid. There are people winning some of that money, a cut of the money. So take it from me, Fanduel. It makes every every single game more exciting. If you love football. If you love football the way I do, you need to try FanDuel. It's it's the leader. It's the number one one-week fantasy football system or game. It's the only way to do it. FanDuel is the best. I'm, they really are. You Building a team is easy. I, I it's That's my favorite thing. You get to build your team. You pick your players. You get a salary cap. Stay under the cap. Then you just sit back and watch your team win. Entry fees is the best thing about it. Entry fees are a dollar. Anyone can play. It's that easy. A dollar for like a minimum. You could do $2 things. You do head-to-head. You can go into leagues. 
a lot of, it's spelled it's spelled out for you it's really easy man it's really easy uh in, for instance in in week three Ben from Illinois turned five dollars into ten thousand during his first month on Fandle. Five dollars turned into ten grand in his first month on Fandle. And that could be you, that could be me. Join him and over a million other users who have already won money on Fandle. Go to Fandle.com, click the microphone up or in a corner. All right. Use my code, Kren, okay, K-R-E-N-N. Sign up now. Special offer for you. Special offer for new users. For every dollar you deposit, Fandle will match it. With up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to $200. Offers only good for the first 50 people that use my code KREN, K-R-E-N-N. I recommend you do it if you like football like me. Don't forget to use my code KREN. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. Let's start the show, guys. Uh, the first thing we're talking about, I, I think it's funny how, in, in, like I said, this isn't a political show, so we don't really get it politics or anything i'm gonna get in that too much i'll, I'll try and keep it balanced because i do want to talk a little bit about it. it's kind of funny i the comedic side of the pol- political presidential race that i want to talk about that's all uh not talking about who to choose or any subjects or anything it's a no there's no debate here on that stuff but uh the gop debate some dude sitting behind uh J- jake tapper of uh who's the moderator a few days ago to the debate and there's a dude behind <laughs> and I guess women and I guess gay dudes or whatever this is all over Twitter <laughs> you know, it's my voice went deep gay dudes uh, all mm-hmm. over Twitter on how he's like they're known as hot guy hot guy in the debate there's a hot debate guy and and so this guy's like famous overnight the Twitter sphere was going crazy right everybody's going nuts over this guy this whole hot guy debate guy. So the guy, uh, his name is Greg Caruso, he's 24 years old, and he said that he didn't realize how nuts this was, ha- what was going on. People were watching him on TV, and women were going crazy. He got home. He got home. He lives in some suburb somewhere outside outside of New York City. He, he in New York State, but outside the, somewhere around the city. But he said he got home, and on his uh, lawn, women were camped out, man. Which was amazing. It's hysterical. He's going to the debate one night. He's got this seat. It's primo seat. Because you don't know where the cameras are. You don't think about how cameras are going to be on you. He happens to be right in line and in and, and whatever. He's clean-cut looking kid. I don't know. It looks like an all-American kid. Doesn't look like a GQ model or nothing like that. Just look at an all-American kid. And I think politics and with politicians and, and most of the people that we see in that stuff... They all look like the bar scene of Star Wars, these people. And I think when you get a normal-looking person, it just jumps up, jumps out. So it's a normal-looking dude. And he's getting a hell of a following, man. It's crazy, the following he's getting out there. Yeah, I mean, he's a regular-looking guy. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a GQ dude. You know, It's not a Brad Pitt kind of guy, right? Where you'd sit there and go, I could see that. I guess I mean, I guess I could see it next to the politicians right there. You know what it is, Jimmy? What's that, dude? He looked like a vampire. Mm-hmm. He looks like <laughs> he got a Pattinson look, right? He looks exactly like him. He got Twilight. That's what it is. The women's love Twilight. You're right because they were younger when Twilight was happening, Twilight. right? Mm-hmm. And now exactly. they're older. Yep. And he's 24, 25. Now they're 24. You're right. Absolutely, you're on the money. Because mm-hmm. when Twilight's big, they're 16, 17. Now they're 24. He looks like the freaking Pattinson dude. He's he a looks, vampire. Yep. And didn't you mention earlier that he's a son of a billionaire developer? Yeah, absolutely. He's a rich kid. Yeah. Which, uh, which they find out later though. 
They didn't find it at the time. Yeah. Well, people that would sleep so, on someone's lawn would probably Google him a little. Well, <laughs> after that. I mean, I'm sure he was getting some women involved in his life at 24 as a billionaire, but they didn't know he was a billionaire until after. That was just a little extra. I mean, but the Twitter people, the people who were tweeting didn't, had no idea this guy was, you know. He's right. The thing that always reminds me is like, it, it, this is the first time it's happened to a guy, as I can remember. Mm-hmm. It usually happens to women. Like, remember um, the always. Alabama quarterback's uh, girlfriend? Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it, she's web, I think. She's smoking hot. Yeah. Really, she's still, she's getting huge. Yeah, she's in all kind of TV ads and. And then the like woman that. who eventually got sent the dick pic by Favre, she was found on. She was going to Florida State University, sure. And they found her in the crowd, like on the front row, and like Brent Musburger sat there, and goes, and a uh, ten thousand young men just applied to Florida State University because right. she just had right. that right there, and she got it. She got jobs in television based off that. Yeah. So that yeah, you know, doesn't fall. Happens. Yeah, you're right. It's true. The girls, you see some hot girl, Pam Anderson, back in the day, 30, 20 years ago. That's how she got sponsored. Or, or Labatt's beer saw that uh, they had some Labatt's cam, and she had a T-shirt on. And they saw her, and next thing you know, she's like, man. She's banging Tommy Lee. Next thing you know, she's on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how it's always Look Brent, it up. Brent Musburger, the horniest <laughs> broadcaster better, in it? all of football it used to be marv albert used to be but I what think, was marv albert what was the kinky thing that he did didn't marv albert get in some kind of weird kinky he deal did, yeah he did have a, a marv albert sex scandal which was almost like, 15 years ago but it sounds weird still what was his sex scandal was he, he used in to lingerie bite or women or like he bit women or he's he bit women he lingerie i think he might have done that uh, yeah. yes yes <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> that is awesome man that is too funny. And I think someone said that he actually um, he actually would go into hotel rooms mm-hmm. under Steve Albert, his brother. <laughs> oh, I bet his brother loved Even that. Better. Oh, that's to up. do Essen. Yeah, he did some kind of weird kinky thing. And that's what's so strange when you hear about Marv Albert or or Bruce rumors on, you know, Musburger or whatever. And you look back in uh, time and history and we didn't have the social media the way we have today who knows what these guys are into like how art cosell might have been an snm who knows get me the gimp mask right now <laughs> nipple clamps are the best oh my god beat me in the face with your nipple and i love it and i love it i mean it, yeah this these legendary journalists that you don't picture mm-hmm. being that kinky and weird but no. they are Musburger, man, you're right. Musburger's the one who's always finding. He's always the women. involved. What does he do? Does he as soon as they go to commercial break, find out if there's a woman with nice tits out there? <laughs> Over in row D is nice breasts. Oh my my, Alabama. <laughs> I don't know why he always covers Alabama. Yeah, you just went into a little right? uh, Keith Jackson. That's Keith there. Jackson. Oh, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Look at the titties on that one. Yeah, that would be him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith is more like, yeah, you're right. Brent's more, my, my. We are looking live at a great set of titties. (laughs) Oh, man. Boobies. Those breasts are as big as Saban's head. Uh, Brent Musbecker. I don't know what that means. Those titties remind me of the front line for Notre Dame. (laughs) Solid and dependable. I'm Brent Musburger. Welcome, people. I, uh, yeah, it's kind of scary. 
kind of scary. But, but anyway, I found that interesting. I'm sorry. Got my well, didn't um, a couple years ago they when um, the NBA got to ABC, they accused, especially at Laker games, mm-hmm. They always were like every time, like you know, Shaq would score a point. They'd really, they'd immediately find the hottest woman in the audience, and so like people started to notice that like the most scantily clad, like Hollywood, you know, big fake tittied women in the world would get on MB. Like they'd be, they'd be sitting there like Kobe jump shot, Kobe Bryant, good, and then there'd be boom, there'd be just beautiful right. women going like a hot woman, and it and it found out that the director was yeah. telling them to like yeah, go find those you people. Well, <laughs> it's ratings, yeah. Now uh, to move. Somebody, uh, I said I want to go we'll get heavy politics, but I just I read, I just read a book on unlikable. It was Hillary Clinton? Uh, this guy named Ed Klein. He does all the salacious kind of books. He did the uh, Blood Feud, which was I'm reading. I had to read that. I'd get that one. It doesn't. Th- those don't influence my politics really. They don't influence my vote one way or another. These books, these people write like this, because it's tabloidy. Mm-hmm. It's well done. Klein does good work, and it's it's supposedly behind, allegedly behind the scenes of how much Obama, President Obama, hates the Clintons, and how much the Clintons hate President Obama. That was blood feud, unlikable, <laughs> which is pricelessly funny, because it's about Hillary Clinton, who's you know obviously running for president, and how unlikable she is, and how they try to make her likable, and it opens up with. Bill Clinton saying, you got to get more likable. What if we call Steven in? Steven Spielberg. They brought in Steven Spielberg to coach her up to make her likable. And after the third lesson, Clinton, Bill's like, well, she's, she's still like a Jurassic Park pterodactyl. Or, who has fangs? Chelsea, who has fangs? She's like a fang dragon. But, uh, they they so and she was pissed. She goes, "Hey, I make two hundred fifty grand, uh, you know, a speech. I need this fucking Hollywood dude telling me how to speak." She's you know kind of pissed about the whole thing, but she went along with it. And she they showed her you know the, their book talked about her kind of, uh, well, basically it was kind of sneak peek at her life. I guess they're trying to say and how the strategies she has to go through. And she seems like a very intelligent lady who will stop at nothing. The way they depicted her, obviously, they depicted her as like this slime. They depicted her as a moral, slimy kind of person in many ways, the way they depicted her in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Clinton, they depicted as more likable, kind of going along with it kind of vibe is what they did. Uh, the, the blood feud thing is really actually comic. It's comics. It's very funny. It's very funny. It's, you know, it's, you, you know what's funny about the blood feud thing? Did you read blood feud? No, I didn't. You should, you should. It's I, I need to read really it. good book. It's interesting. The reason Bill Clinton, if that mm. is true, doesn't like Obama is because he took his first black president. That is away part from of him. it. That was part of what blood <laughs> feud. I read it. Part of it was that, and mm-hmm. part of it was a snubbing. What happened was, whenever uh, Bill Clinton, it, it, you're right. I think it all comes down to ego. They, they it's used not, to it's not really as much the, you know what it is it's not much you're right part of it could be the first black president thing well you know Clinton part of used it, to be considered yes they, they, they mentioned it they in Blood Feud they mentioned that, what yeah. you're saying they even call him that in mm-hmm. Blood Feud but part of it isn't that part of it is the fact that from what I after I read these few first few chapters was that President Obama is a more liked person mm-hmm. he's likable yeah. in certain ways and I, and it, I think it irked Bill Clinton a bit, and it did nothing to do with 
just you know yeah. uh, one sect of pe- you know my, the uh, African Americans or Italians or no, it's all Americans. Everyone, yeah. So overall, because hey, the guy was elected twice. Some they like him, people like him. But the point is, I, I got the vibe that he was kind of upset that, that he kind of took the because he kind of like took that whole like because think about it, Carter, not really. He's like, hey, come on, look at him as a weak, yeah, failed president. Okay, Poor he's Carter. a living president. Bush, the, President Bush, they look at him as, you know. Mixed, okay. Let's say mixed, back and forth. It could be very polarizing. Yeah. Some most presidents are because they they're in a position they have to make a tough decision. Mm-hmm. I have great respect for all these guys. I don't care Republican or Democrat. I have great respect for these guys. Hillary Clinton wants to be part of that group, and she definitely is qualified. But first, I don't know why anybody want to be part of that group, but to be a president. <laughs> but 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 President Obama and Clinton do not like each other, and in the book Blood Feud. There's a golf game that I'm about to read about that sounds like it's going to be hysterical. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. Well, the thing that I always we we've talked about this before is the fact that how many of those guys across party lines mm-hmm. actually eventually do really get along with each other, and how well, that's actually unusual. That. They talk about that, like Clinton, most and Bush, of them and, yeah, Clinton, they, and Bush, and all this. Kind most of, of them do, but these guys don't. President Obama doesn't feel Clinton is on the up and up. He thinks they're kind of him and. Hillary are kind of slimy, <laughs> and we'll do it. He really, he thinks it's you know, a little disturbing. He, according to the book, he warned that he warned Hillary, "Don't do these personal emails." According to the book, this is unlikable. Don't do the personal emails. It's not right. It's too shady. Don't buy things. Don't invest for your foundation. Don't you? Don't bring in foreign money while you're, while you're, you know, Secretary of State and all this stuff. Supposedly, she basically thought it was bigger. She was bigger than that. Than that. That was nothing. That was friv- it was small. You know what I mean? According to the book, they're portraying it that she, and that's where she goes to him. In, in, in President Obama, when this hit shit hit the fan, and Ed Klein writes in a book that she had a meeting where Hillary said, "Hey, let's." Let's not have the FBI doing it. Let's not call off the dogs. Call off the investigation. And Biden said, "No, you knew what you basically you knew what the fuck you're getting into. You knew it's what he told. He said, I warned you, you shouldn't do this stuff.' He said, I'll slow it. That they 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 they're worried about the whole Democratic ticket going down the tube. So, so they're slowing it down. And now we're watching to see what happens. The investigation that is, she destroyed a lot of emails. They may not be able to even. This may end up being nothing. It may end up being something. If you don't, if she destroyed enough emails that they have no evidence of it." Then she's good if she wiped it clean. Did she do it? Yes, probably, most likely. But will she pay for it? That's what that's what the whole deal is about. Will she pay for it? I don't know. It's an interesting thing. If uh, she thinks it's she goes, come on, it's not a big goddamn deal. Clinton or um, mm-hmm. Hillary said it's the president of Obama. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. He doesn't see. He when she dropped out. Now I'm mixing two books up. I'm sorry, but it's <laughs> all good. But same story. She did. He, President Obama and Michelle doesn't want. They don't want to see Hillary in the White House. They think it'll tarnish the presidency and tarnish his legacy. They, according to this book, Ed, Ed Klein says, it's kind of interesting. Bill Clinton. I'm at the point where they said Bill Clinton and President Obama kind of need each other to help because Clinton is a lot of influence. So they got to kind of be nice and make friends and 
golf together and kind of do some niceties. Mm. But really, when it gets down to it, they hate each other's guts. They're saying, and it's real. It's fa- It's a fascinating thing when you think about it, right? These are the most powerful people in the world. These people running our country, man. It's just it's it's interesting. Politics scare me. Politics is scary. It really it's some that's some scary shit behind the scenes, man. I, I part of me I'm thinking I don't know if I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. It's so scary. It's it, it's Frank Underwood, House of Cards, oh, absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> it's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I mean and that's Robin Wright. That's the thing about like the about House of Cards, which is it's one of those things of like you don't want to think that's how the government is run, but there's a part of you that just goes, you know what? I bet you this is actually how it does mm-hmm. kind of go down. Ed Klein, the author, said the characters are based off of Hillary and Bill in House of Cards. Oh, that's crazy. How about that? Pretty weird, that's man. Me. Loosely based. I remember a comedian would, <laughs> yeah, a comedian once says, says, you know what should immediately eliminate you from want, be, being president? If you actually want to be president, like if you actually sit there and say that you look at all the problems in the world and you go, you know what the solution is? Me. You got to have that. You got to have those cojones. There's your, there's your On the other side is Donald Trump. Yeah. You got to have the balls to do that. You got to be that guy going, hey, I'm, I looked in the mirror. I said, let's have everyone run. And I thought, no, no, I better do it. I'm good. That, I'm the man. To me, <laughs> I figured I figured out Donald Trump. I finally figured out his appeal, everything like that. Yeah. Here, here's his pitch. Here's his sales pitch. Why he essentially is selling himself as a problem solver. He yeah. sits there and says, more or less, what I do for a living is I show up and I see nothing, and I say I'm going to put up a big, tall, beautiful building, and then a hundred people come up to me and say, here's why you can't do it, and I eliminate all those problems, and there's a big, beautiful building that comes up. Now that's why when you say, well, well how yeah. are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? He sits there and goes, well, it doesn't matter because. I just deal with every problem as they show up. He's, saying, he's, yeah. trying, he's trying to give the message, hey, I don't build the buildings with my hands, and I don't engineer them. I just come up with the idea of building a building. And then I solve the problems after. And that's what happened. That's why <laughs> yeah. I'm great. Uh, in the book, going, I'm starting to keep heart and heart in the book, but with Bill Clinton telling Hillary, it's basically everything that Trump is doing, which is get a message, make it clear, make it simple, hammered home and that's it it's pretty mm-hmm. simple connect to the people be likable be one of the people trump is a billionaire he's arrogant but he comes off in a weird way he tries to come off as like one for the people he hit a he hit a certain market he wants to hit and he's just hammering it and he doesn't wa- he hasn't wavered of all the politicians he hasn't wavered so what happens is the people who even hate him or disagree with him go they look around the room he he figured it out, which is, they'll look around him and go, I hate his guts, but you know what? He's the only guy kind of maybe telling the truth. We hate these guys lying. But, you know, because you sit there and go, well, geez, is, he, is, he, is, he that, is he that almost borderline racist or something? I don't know. But then you go, well, maybe he's not. But, you know what I mean? And you think, well, I think these people look at him and go, well, maybe he's, but he's true. At least we know what he is, where he stands, and, and we could argue him on, on, on that debate or whatever. Whereas the others, you think, well, are they hiding everything? Are they masking everything or whatever? Because Trump says he's not racist, but he says these things that sound racist. And then, you know what I mean? But then, you, but then when you see people like that, you think, it's almost like you're sitting there thinking, you know what? I could debate this guy at least, and, and we could maybe call him on it because he's, he's revealing. And he's making us think he's revealing yeah. <laughs> but you wonder if he is he's a rich troll 
He's That's a rich troll. Is. I think he it's all like trolls. He looks like a troll. He looks like a troll. Like a it's troll. all trollage. Like it's trollage. Trollage. Like that trollage. <laughs> nothing. Nothing about <laughs> Donald Trump makes me feel like it's serious. It's all like it, that, you're right. Tara. If he, if he it sounds I, fake, I promise you. If he funny. won the presidency, yeah, he would not want to take it. You think he might not want it, Terry? I don't think he would want it. You know what? You're, it, it, Terry's on the money on just, this. I just think. My I think you're right. I thought, I thought that too, Terry. I thought myself. I bet he drops out at some point in this race, even if he's on top, because he's going to say something. I don't know what the PR spin will be, because like you said, why would you want, why really would you want that gig at that point if you're Trump? Because you, you, His life's you love, not going to get any better. He's got the, <laughs> He can't make any money while he's president. They, I yeah. think he did it for boredom, and he loved to get see if people love him. He loved yeah. the addiction yeah. of people adoring him. He loves attention. But, like, but he knows one thing. If he gets it, they will not adore him anymore. No matter who you are, mm-hmm. you have fifty percent that hate you right off the bat. The moment you walk in, Second, as, as you're being sworn in, as you're being sworn in, <laughs> half hate your guts. Like Jimmy, if you ran for mayor of Pittsburgh, we all know that you would get it. That's a fact. Anyone in this room knows that Jimmy's popularity. He's going to get mayor of Pittsburgh. Now, let's say you get bored years from now. You go, hey, you know what? I'm just going to retire. Me and Hetty are just going to hang out here. And you know what? I just want to run for mayor just to see if I can do it. <laughs> it's <fun>. If you, <laughs> if you got the the gig mm-hmm. would you want that responsibility of the whole city of pittsburgh as a mayor not being its ambassador not being right. its superman no but being its mayor no tear i'd rather be the ambassador i don't want to be I'm the saying. mayor because you can't it's a thankless job every decision you make half the people hate your guts and they'd be like i don't think i i, I would just yeah I, w- I wouldn't be as happy with and, and i think these i think you're right i think donald trump I is think thinking in a sense that now, the only reason, the one thing that would maybe drive any of us in the room to do that, to be the mayor, would be if you, if you, thought, the, if you thought the entire city was about to crumble and certain decisions would save the city and its people, yeah. and a group of everyone came saying, mm-hmm. you could do this for us. Mm-hmm. Trump's trying to give us that illusion, but I don't believe that. I don't think he, I don't think he buys, he's buying into that. I don't. Because he's seeing stuff. The, my favorite thing is the broad, the broad strokes. I love the broad strokes. Uh, how do you, how are you going to stop all this? How am I going to stop and punch China in the nose? What I do? <laughs> I'm going to punch him. Yeah, punch him. I, look, I adore Chinese people. I eat Chinese food twice a week. But I, quite frankly, as the president, I punch him in the nose. We've been taking up the ass too much. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> he almost says that. He doesn't say quite. He's like, what do you, this country, listen. Now, look when he leans in. We have been taking it up the ass too much. You know, like, <laughs> but the thing that I love about it is like, People sit there. People don't like nuance. They don't want to hear a fifteen. They want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear. I'm going to kick. Yeah, I'm going to kick China's ass. I'm going to punch China yeah. in the nose. And then I love when they go. What are, what are they doing? Why do you want to punch them in the nose? What are they doing? Taking jobs right now. Jobs are being taken. They're being taken by China. They're being taken by Argentina. They're being taken by Venezuela. I know these people. I meet with them. I have lunch with them. They take jobs. I'm going to be so good at jobs. I'm going to build jobs. What we're going to do is we're going to create jobs. We're going to get everybody's going to make a million dollars and a half a year. Everybody's going to have medical. We're going to do medical. We're going to make medical is what we're going to do. I'll be so good at medical. I'm going to be so good at medical. Why? Because I'm going to punch China in the nose. China's going to back down. I'm going to punch him. They're going to have a bloody nose. And I'm going to punch him right in the face, right in the little face. And then they'll apologize to us. They'll apologize to us. I'm going to create business. They've been taking business, sucking the business off us too long.
the best line that he's come <laughs> like, up with, in my opinion, the best line he's come up with was when he was standing in front of the Capitol. He goes, we're going to be doing so much winning yes. that you're going to get sick <laughs> yeah. of winning. <laughs> you imagine, we get, imagine the economy gets so great that we're just like, this is bullshit. This is boring. Can't we get some unemployment? Jeez. I love when, he, I love when he's like, uh, anybody, I mean, he has to, I understand, because the opponents, whatever, yeah. he goes like, what do you think of what's going on now? It's what's going on now, President Obama? He's just not respected. We're not respected anymore. Respected nowhere. Quite frankly, he's, he's third in all the world leaders. You put Putin and the Chinese guy, I'm going to punch in the nose, and you got Obama just <laughs> third. He's just not respected. There's no one really respects me. Look at us as weak. I'm thinking, have you ever seen one article? Where America is disrespected and looked as weak. We're a superpower. There's nothing. He never gives a point of where, what point did they look at us as weak? I don't understand the weakness. It just makes me laugh. I think it's kind of funny. Someone posted. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to get political or anything because I, you know, you got to weigh every candidate, Republican, Democrat, but I'm sorry, TK. We just talking shit. Yeah, it's just kind of funny, just the characters. The the, the guy, uh, Donald Trump, they released a picture Mm -hmm. of the Donald Trump line of suits. I bought a suit. Did you? Was it made in Mexico? It's awesome. I don't know. I should check. The tag had made in Mexico. <laughs> I'll have to look. Tara, I'll look at it. I bought a Trump suit. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Made See, my it was, on, it was on Amazon, okay? When did you get it? Recently? Uh, about, no, about, yeah, about a year ago. And, I, and it was really a good price. And it looked really good, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, it's his name's on it. Yeah. I thought it has to be decent. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being a great suit for the price. Really good. I sound like him. It's a great suit. It's a great suit. I'm <laughs> so look, good at man suits. Man does look good. Man does look good. <laughs> How can we give him that? Guy no, I mean, you know, the material's nice, and it's really, it's. For, it was like, I'm not kidding. It was on Amazon. It was like $30 or $40, $50, something like that. <laughs> it was like, on, but it's regular by $500. You know how they do $500 mm. for $40, $50? Whether it was just one, it was a four, just had my size, 44 what is that, regular. On Prime? It was on Prime. It was See, like a 44 regular, happened to be on sale that one it was like a navy blue i thought you know what 45 bucks what the i'll take a shot who cares mm-hmm. you know 40 dollars I mean? suit it was yeah. 40 45 yeah. like, yeah, he can't but go wrong. regular like 500 yeah it was like, like a 500 suit so i thought oh, i'll mm-hmm. just take a shot who cares if it doesn't even work he uses a really rag i don't know whatever mm-hmm. but it ends up being a really nice suit man i put i'm like jesus fits nice i'll have to I'll check, see if check, it's made in check Mexico. Check and see if my man Jesus but, but he always. But here's the thing where he, where Trump gets you though. He's good at he's good at this because you if you if he was sitting right in that chair, he said we say, hey man, I got a suit made in Mexico, and he goes, I just I love the Mexican people. Where did I say it? He goes, where did I say it? And like the Mexican people. <laughs> yes, he always does that. I'd be like, you're right. He's what so are you talking good. about? He goes, I love them. What did I say? I said they're coming over here and they're giving us the bad people. That's all I said. I love them. I do business with the Mexican people. That's yeah, what he'd say. He's genius. And he's right. Yeah, he kind of knows how to smooth talk. Says I don't even know what to say. The book is awesome, what do you mean, though, by I, the way. I, just the, I know what the, the man's just a I'm, natural salesman. That's I, I, the thing, man. I say get the book unlikable. I'm sure if he becomes president, they'll have a book trashing him, too. And all the, the, the interesting thing, and in, in, this will be our political show. We don't do many. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> interesting right now what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's in the news so much. you know. And the one interesting thing to me is Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush, and I'm not a political junkie, believe me. Jeb Bush is like... When this all started, he was supposed to be the guy who was going to win. Even when Trump had huge leads, people thought it's only a matter of time. Jeb Bush is the guy. He's the logical guy. There's no other way it's going to be. Sure enough, he's got you know he's got four percent 
in the polls. Trump's been tearing him down. Trump hates him. I looked at the I looked Bush. at the polls. There's polls, all these different polls that we have, okay? Mm-hmm. Trump is winning in almost every poll. Hillary's winning. Hillary Clinton's winning in almost every poll. Biden comes in second to Hillary. Hillary's got maybe 22%. Biden comes in at maybe 16%, and then the rest of the field comes in with their percentages. Biden has not announced yet, so he's going to be a little bit of a – he might be the guy. But then they have the, the national polls. Every poll has that if Trump, Donald Trump wins the GOP, every poll right now has Hillary Clinton winning by 10 points or more against him. If they, go, if they went up against each other today, it was every poll that I had seen, Hillary Clinton was beating Donald Trump for the presidency. So I wonder if maybe that's why you're seeing the Donald Trump numbers dropping a bit because if – the GOP, the right, the Republican delegates may be thinking, can he win? Because you want to put your guy in the White House. If you're a Republican, you want to put the, your guy in the White House. If you're a Democrat, you put your guy or uh, woman in the White House. That's it's the a goal. weird thing for the Republicans. They, ha- they haven't won a presidential election without a Nixon or a Bush on the ticket since 1928. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Eisenhower. Nixon was the vice president. Oh, that's right, yeah. Do you know there's un- <laughs> and then Nixon you know there's only- was president and then Bush under Reagan and then yeah. Bush and then George W. Bush. If there isn't a Nixon or a Bush since in the last almost eighty years, they haven't won the election, so they're going to need Jeb Skull and Crossbones to go out with maybe Otis Nixon. They're going <laughs> to Jeb <laughs> yeah. the, old, the center fielder for the Montreal Expos. <laughs> yes, I think Jeb double and- down. I think Jeb. I think Jeb will be named a vice president possibly. If Trump, if Donald Trump wins, and name Jeb Bush the vice president, he won't though. Because like I don't think, because he's trashing him, like you said. No, that would be kind of a strong ticket in a way. Mm. Go Rubio, right? Well, Rubio's gaining some ground. Uh, they said in a couple of the polls that was kind of fascinating to me that he, you know, they say they don't know what's going to happen. Of course, we still have time. But all the odds makers are, then, are so far. It is still Donald Trump. Though. Trump had a funny thing just the time. other day. He was talking about uh, Bush and Rubio. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, uh, these guys hate each other. He's like, they come up on stage and they're like, oh, I love this guy. He's a wonderful man, and I just love him. And then I see him backstage. He's like, they hate each other. They hate. They hate each other more than anyone hates in this room. He's like, <laughs> more than you hate your neighbor, these two hate each other. And he says, it's just more political bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed. He said, they the come up on stage, oh, I love this guy. He's my best yes. friend. And then once it's you know back behind, he's like, I've seen it. I've looked at him. I've watched him talk to each other. He's like, they hate each other. And he's like, more than you hate your neighbor. That's hysterical. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so weird when you peek behind the curtain. In the Ed Klein book, and once again, well, I'm sorry, keep harping on it, but it's kind of it started this whole conversation. But I didn't know this, but in the last hundred some years or whatever, 150 years, there's only like there was only three Democrats that got reelected, like that two termers, because Carter, right? He didn't get two terms. Mm-hmm. No, he only got that one. Term. FDR did. Yeah. I think after that, it wasn't many. Maybe in history or something. I don't F- know. F- Kimmer, but, be, no, yeah, because it'd be F- FDR and then basically Clinton and a then A lot Obama. of guys. Yeah, yeah, Clinton was really proud of that. FDR Clinton, had four terms? Something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, he died early war, in his fourth one. Because yeah. of the war, they had to do an exam, you know, to do, to keep, you know, keep steady pace but or whatever, yeah. continuity. But but the funny thing is Clinton, Bill Clinton didn't want President Obama to win a second because he's the last guy to, you know, 
made him like again the mm-hmm. ego mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. one upsmanship and like you were saying remind me when you said the hatred of each other remember i said he hated him and clinton hates it mm-hmm. well his advisors put out a thing i said you got to get bill clinton because here's what happened the first time around oprah winfrey he won by a million votes oprah winfrey <laughs> Over Clint, over Hillary, he only won by a million over Hillary. Hillary almost won that that the whole primary. It was that close. Yeah, it was because he was a new guy in town. Remember, he was new, he had experience. Mm-hmm. He ran on charisma basically, and is an, he's a Harvard grad. Though. Come on, the guy's yeah. intelligent. He's, he is a he Harvard stole grad. Hillary Stunner, and he did he had, yeah one term senator. But Hillary Clinton had you know she popularity a, too, and a, whole and a deal. political machine behind her. It was a bit close. Yes, it was really yeah. close. Oprah Winfrey was the difference. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey was worth a million votes has him on the show oprah winfrey had according to the book had aspirations to have an office in the white house and to have for her initiatives and all the charity things she does and for her uh, network and all that so he gets in president obama gets in hillary calls 10 times no call back he basically told i'm sorry president obama Oprah calls. They go. Oprah calls ten times because they said she wanted her initiatives and her 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 network and all. Oprah saying, President says, "Fuck off." Doesn't answer. Doesn't take up. He shunned Oprah. He said, "Oprah was pissed." Oprah's like, "Hey, I got you in the White House, man. How dare you not call me back? How dare you not invite me to these parties and shit?" And he's like, basically, "Hey, sorry." Michelle didn't, Michelle didn't wasn't crazy about Oprah's influence and the whole thing, and uh, part of me I I kind of understand I understand what the writer's trying to write it as like he shunned him, but the other part of me is thinking if your legacy is a president, Oprah should have been a little bit more monogamous or whatever the word is or unselfish in a sense because this is the first African American president you're going to face racism at some level in in your line in your line to yourself and other people if you think there isn't. And this is the first guy to do it. Step back and let his legacy be that a African American president was elected. That was my feelings. Not that you, Oprah Winfrey, got him elected. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what I I applaud him in a weird way for telling him to go fuck off in that sense. <laughs> because it's like, hey, I appreciate that you backed me. I appreciate you had a talk show. A talk yeah. show. Which yeah. is powerful. I get it. She got some heat. She but, got but why would Oprah get to that point unless your egos you know what I'm saying? If you're going to back this guy to be president, and if you send the message that I, Oprah, right? If Oprah say, I I, I did it. I want an office in the White House. Cause why? Because I elected this guy. Mm-hmm. If that's part of his legacy, kind of tarnishes it a little bit. That he didn't do it, you know, yeah. that America didn't vote him in, that he didn't do it himself. And he, he did do it himself. I don't believe that Oprah Winfrey got him elected. I do not. I think... She has a talk show that was popular. I think she has popularity, but I don't think she has enough political influence to get someone to vote. There's a cool conspiracy Push me, Push someone that. to vote. I'm sure there's a million of them, right? Oh, yeah. That's one right the, there. That, well, who knows the, if any of that's the true? The Oprah one leads back to Dave Chappelle, believe it or not. Yeah. There's like a weird About her conspiracy. Power. Theory. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, there's a power thing. With Oprah, but, yeah. but is there really that, though? Is there really a talk show host that had that power of a million people to vote? Influence? I think, I, honestly, man, it, when it, if anybody could do it, it's her. Like, I think it's, it's possible, how but I don't think she it, is. But I don't think the reality is in a good you, way. When you get into Oprah. that. Yeah, I think she's influential <laughs> in a sense, but I think for a book or something. But I think when it gets down to politics, I, be, I have to believe the American people are smart. And they, when they go in that booth, 
I give them the respect that they made yeah. their decision not on some talk show host recommending them, but by watching the guy and listening to what he has to say and what his initiatives are. I think that's how they voted. Especially, and I think I that's what he wanted you. to say. I think he wanted to say it, and she got pissed up. But anyway, yeah, she gets pissed. Now he did. But here's the thing: the other side of the coin, you want to hedge your bets if you're running, right? Yeah. And he's like, he's sitting there, and he goes, "I need to get Oprah." So he calls her. He calls her after shunning her. She goes, "Fuck off." <laughs> she goes, "I'm not going to help you." He's like, "Holy shit!" Hmm. So then they go back and they go, "Well, Oprah's ain't calling me back." She, she <laughs> said, "Fuck off." What do we do? So they said, as, as guys come in, they go, you got to get Bill Clinton. He goes, no fucking way. I hate him. <laughs> he goes, you got to get him. <laughs> he goes, I hate his guts. I'm not doing it. Uh. They call Clinton. Clinton goes, I hate his fucking guts. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, well, you need him for your initiatives, for your charity stuff and all the stuff you're doing. You're kind of getting, yeah, you're not in office anymore, pal. You yeah. got to belly up to the president. You're fucked. Mm-hmm. He goes, I hate his guts. not doing it. They put him together to golf. And they hate each other. And they had to pretend like they like each other to help. Uh-huh. They just finally, they didn't talk a lot. They just finally came out, and it's according to the book and the golf thing. And they just said, hey, man, I need you. He goes, all right, I'll help you. You help me. And that was it. So it's kind of like that thing where they hate each other. For why? For why do they hate each other? They believe in the same thing because they're in the same party, right? They have the same beliefs. It's ego. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the funny thing. It all comes down to ego. It's intense competition, too. It is. Yes. But what, are, what is the ego? What are they... What do they hate so much? I mean, the guy with Bill Clinton was president for two terms. Why would you have any kind of envy for another guy being president? Because Obama More popular or whatever? Obama's the man. Like, if you really think about it, like, his influence, he was so influential. One, he's he's the first black president. Mm-hmm. Two, he was he was able to hit a demographic. Like, you know how we talk about Jimmy Fallon able to hit right. like a specific. Every Obama's the Jimmy Fallon of the presidents. Because if you think about it, he was able to get Jay-Z, Beyonce, Will I Am. And all these like people that could reach younger a younger generation, and he was one of the first presidents to use and social Gates media in a way that he did. people or whatever. I'm just saying, he's yeah. built, and social media, everybody, fun stuff. Like I mean, he was on Between Two Plants. He's on like all its funny stuff. Right. He was on Ellen. Dancing. Oh, the guy, yeah, Zach Galifianakis yeah. thing. And, Ellen DeGeneres. But he's the first president to be that popular. I mean, Jay Z in the White House. He was like a rock star president. <laughs> you know, I know he's winding yeah. down. He's still got another year, but um, you know, was, but he still is. But yeah. he got that rock star vibe, and he's only 55. He's, you know. he's gonna go out now they said and he's got what happens is when you're done with your presidency as clinton you become popular yeah Yeah. president bush is most popular he's ever been absolutely his Mm -hmm. his numbers are through the roof right now gw his numbers are great every president once you're done Mm -hmm. they romanticize about the past and they love you so they said they're gonna really love this guy because you know him and clinton or they're beloved but at the same time once you get that kind of power, maybe that's Clinton and maybe Obama, President Obama, the same thing with the next. Pre- they want that power. They don't want. The, they don't want to lose it too. Well, it here's here's the thing about the ne- the next president, which it comes down to, is Obama did hit a demographic that was okay. untouched, and Hillary needs that demographic to show up. She does because what this comes down to is essentially. Let me see this. 
Wayne I love is, that Wayne picture. is a great picture. Just uh, that's that like my probably, favorite picture. That is pretty <laughs> good. Where, man. Uh, Somebody put a. They President put a, Clinton's hands are out smiling, and, <laughs> yeah. and President Obama's hand on his head, like, oh shit. You know, oh my God, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> they, put, they put a caption on there He's once, back. like, mm. he came out, like, where's the bitches? Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's so funny. Because it, it comes I, down to. I would recommend Unlikable. Yeah. Because they really go into, like, Bill Clinton. I mean, he's partying. Well, different life. Yeah. Like than Hillary. Like they say he's with fucking models and banging chicks left and right. He's moving constantly. <laughs> he's got hotel rooms. He's on private jets. He's fucking everybody. They got this woman. They got this dude who's been like arrested 90 times for prostitutes and shit. And he's like, he's on his plane all the time. He's got a massage. He's got massage therapists on the plane, they call them. And they're hot chicks. They're porn stars, and in Clinton, in Clinton, they go. He's always saying, "I just, I just borrow his plane. He's nice enough to give." Me. I'm like, "That's awesome." It's like flying and having sex. The guy's having sex twenty four seven. Why? They said he doesn't want Hillary to win. How about that? Because he he fuck up that. Yeah. One of the coolest stories I heard was a uh, guy I worked with a, about ten years ago. Daughter was a lawyer. Went to the daughter was at a uh, like a convention for all lawyers and they had Bill Clinton speak. Yeah. And so after Bill Clinton spoke, like people could go up to like a line and get a handshake or a picture with him and all this other kind of stuff. And apparently uh-huh. the daughter was maybe like in her early 30s, decent looking. So he sits there and eventually comes up to her and he just sits and he goes, Hi, Mr. President, mm-hmm. I'm going to meet you. Bill pulls her in, whispers in her ear, goes, I saw you from where up in the podium. You look good. Nice. And I pulled it in and kept walking and stuff like that. I'm just like, you know I, what? I gotta tell That's you. how you get some girls as the president of the he's, United he's States. He's smooth as hell. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, I, um, I, I got to interview both of them, uh, President Obama and President Clinton in my life. Uh, there is something about the personalities or about their just the way they are, the way they care. It's mesmerizing, man. It's mesmerizing, these dudes. You have to come on. These, these guys are able to captivate people's attention for long periods of time, just talking about the most boring shit in the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I gotta admire them. I, and I think I, the, the, you know, the, you have to be a great speaker. You have to have that, whatever that is. They could. They, these guys probably would have been famous actors, possibly maybe character actors. I don't know if they. Have the, but I'm serious. They have that kind of whatever that is. That magnetism. Same mm-hmm. with G.W. George Bush. That's the difference. President Bush, and I'm not like I said, I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about the way the President Bush was likable. I don't care what anybody says. GW, GW was like mm. President Bush was likable, <laughs> and he was very smart. Uh, they can make I, I joke about him all the time, but come on, these guys are Yale, Harvard, and they don't. I know the dads. There are some things that they come on. You still have to earn it. They will not. They will not give these guys a pass. If they did, they would lose their total reputation because all the dads have influence in Yale and Harvard and stuff. You know what I'm saying because some people say, "Oh, his dad just got him through." No, that's not true. He got himself through Yale. <laughs> but point I'm making is, it is fascinating that these guys that end, and girls that end up in these high end politics. They're if they walk, we could joke around about them all they want. If they walked in this room, guys, they mesmerize us and they would fucking just make us in. We'd be in awe by the time they oh, walked absolutely. out. Absolutely. I hear I've heard he's the coolest, he, real cool he guy. Seems yeah. like he's cool as hell, like Incredible. low key. Yeah. By, by Harry, my friend Harry. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Michael Hayden is my friend. He was the former head of the CIA, and Harry's a close friend of mine. I grew up with Harry Hayden. He's a great guy. You guys know Harry. Mm-hmm. And um, he's been on the show. And uh, <laughs> very genuine, good person. President Bush. They told me. 
Yeah, it's just it. the most. I mean, just really down to earth, and you know, talk like make the field home. Like Harry had, had met him in the Oval Office a few times. He's like, "Hey, man, Pittsburgh, we think Steelers are going to do this year." Like that kind of guy. Yeah. So, yeah, so these guys. It's just there's such hatred in politics now. We're in such a divisive spot politically, mm-hmm. but they are just human beings. They're you. They're guys and they're men and women. They're trying to. They, there's no way to please all of us. I guess it's 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 just a fascinating thing. I'm, one thing get that to that level though. One of the quotes I I always love was uh, Ronald Reagan. Obviously, was an actor back in Hollywood and everything like that. And so when he was running for president and everything like that, mm-hmm. um, a reporter came up to him and says, "says How do you feel this job is helped or hurt by your acting ability?" He goes, "I don't know how anybody does this job without it." What? Being an actor, hmm. how? Oh, mean being a politician, being a politician, being an, actor? an actor. He goes, he goes, mm-hmm. being, he goes. How do you? Oh, how, it definitely was a key for him, right? He goes, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you talk about like these that Bill Clinton, if he would have chosen to, could have been an actor or Ronald Reagan did have like some Ivy League degree, yeah, right? No, he, he went have, to he, yeah, he went to Eureka, Eureka. College in like uh, Illinois or something. Right, like this was like a regular <laughs> Eureka. guy. Eureka. This was a, he really Eureka. was, and he ended up being a great president. But he's, this is just the, yeah, he ended up being a great president. Think about that. All on the fact that you have to be a politician, you have to be likable at the same time, clear, have a clear vision, it seems. It's an interesting thing. And I wouldn't, I mean, that's what, uh, it'll, it'll remain to see who wins this. Will it be Hillary Clinton? Will it be Donald Trump? But I wouldn't rule Trump out. I know we're rolling him out. I wouldn't rule him out unless he... Like Terry said earlier, leaves as we wrap would, up the show. I would, and love, winding down here. I would love for him to win and just be like, you know what? I don't want it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I get it. I don't want it. <laughs> I'm fired and walks out. Yeah, I'm fired. Yeah. <laughs> then they're going to be in a panic. Like, what are we going to do? We're gonna. You're going to be hearing a lot about this, not from us mainly. We'll be talking, you know, other things in politics. But it was just such a fat. The book was out. That's why I'm hoping and boring with politics. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did doing the show. It is fascinating, like these books when they come out, like Unlikable, Killing Reagan's out now too with Bill O'Reilly. So you're going to see all these political books coming out left and right. Those two so far are off the charts entertaining. You get you both sides, Republicans, Democrats, Unlikable, and then Killing Reagan. Of course, it talks about how great Reagan is. The thing with Hinckley off the, is crazy with Killing Reagan. <laughs> how close he came to dying. That's the thing that got me about Reagan. I, I, he was. I couldn't, I know we were talking, I got to tell you a little bit about it before we leave here. This is too crazy. Killing Reagan. Uh, he ended up, they parallel in the book, like Reagan and in the parallel lives of Hinckley. Hinckley, did I, I didn't talk about this before, right? No, I, no, tell no, you, no. I think I may have told you a little off the air. I just want to make sure I didn't say anything. Uh, but So Hinckley wanted to kill Jimmy Carter. Focused on Carter. He sees taxi drivers fascinated with Jodie Foster. Gets a gun, whole deal. They catch him through a security. This is before nine, way what thirty years before nine eleven and everything. So our security's not the same, but they still catch the gun. He just he gets like a fine and whatever. And they take the gun away from. Him. So he ends up getting another gun, like a thirty eight or something, whatever. Carter loses the presidency, right? And they said Bill O'Reilly wrote. The way it was set up, the way Carter's plans were, the way the kind of person he was, the way he would go into public a lot and the way he was doing things, that him losing saved his life. Had he won, Hinkley probably would have killed him because they said he he just didn't – he always was in public. He's always wide open in different 
Hmm. So he said he, he definitely had more. He would have had more chances to kill him. He felt in a weird way he probably saved his life. So Hankley loves Foster, and he thinks this is the way to to get her love is to, to kill Ronald Reagan. He goes to the. He writes her letters and everything to Foster. Yeah, called her the whole thing. She's like, yeah. she had contact with him. Said you're cra- he's crazy. So Hankley has the gun in his hand in his pocket. And he goes to this union thing and. I think it was in New York, but I, sorry if I had the wrong city, but I think it was in New York. He's talking to the union leaders, Ronald Reagan, President Reagan. So President Reagan walks in, Hinckley's 25 feet away. He's going to pull the gun out and shoot him. Ronald Reagan looks Hinckley in the eye and waves. It freaks him out. He just goes, what the? Remember we're talking about the charisma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He nailed it. He rocked him. Like, holy shit, looking at me. He waves at him. He's shaking. He's like, oh, you didn't know what to do. He's waved at him. He smiled and waved back. Hinkley smiles and waves back. Goes in. He does a speech. It's going long. Hinkley goes, I'm leaving. It's going to, uh, this will change my life. It'll be crazy. I'll just leave. For some reason, he goes off point a little, Reagan, and he kind of cuts it a little bit shorter than he thought he was going to do. But anyway, Hinkley's ready to turn and leave. He, deci- he decides to stay. He comes, they decide to pull the car up in an area where they weren't going to pull originally. Puts him 10 feet from Hinkley. Hinkley is there. He gets the rush, pulls the gun out. He is 10 feet, 15 feet from Ronald Reagan. He's going to kill our president. The Secret Service agent, God bless him. He lived. Goes into a linebacker stance and takes the fucking bullet for the president. They use that film. They use that film today for Secret Service to show them how the proper way to protect the president. This man took the bullet for the president of the United States. Lived. He retired, the hero. Another Secret Service agent pushes him in, tackles Reagan. He hits his head on a headrest. This is a 77-year-old man. Hits his head on a head violently. And, and could have killed him. I mean, really hits him hard. Reagan, uh, Jack something, the Secret Service guy. Reagan was shot. Didn't know he didn't even. Know. Reagan, President Reagan was shot. He goes, "You fucking broke my rib, Jack," or something like that to, the guy, <laughs> to that effect. He goes, "No, I didn't." Never just checking the. Then he sees the blood. Well, anyway, Hinkley bought these bullets called Devastators, and they would explode like in your body. Six of seven didn't work. Thank God. If they did, Reagan would have. President yeah. Reagan would have died. The one worked was on James Brady. That's what happened. James Brady ended up paralyzed, obviously, and it was a rough, rough ride for him. Mm. Uh, the other guys, miraculously, all recovered. Ronald Reagan, when he got out of the car, he was shot. He didn't want to show weakness. So he walked from the car in the emergency room, and then he collapsed. And got in the emergency room. But it wasn't like we thought. I had thought it was just a graze. or something. I thought it was routine. It was not. He was He's about to die. About to die. His heart stopped, didn't it? it they didn't did, say it stopped there, but they, they did say he was in extreme critical condition, okay. and it was 50-50 whether he'd make it. So, yeah, I mean, he is, like they said, blood left him. You have to read. I highly recommend that book. That and I'm like, killing Reagan first. It was amazing. Bill O'Reilly, man, whether you love him or hate him, the guy knows how to write a book. It's very colorful. He brings you right to the scene, describes things fantastic. It's amazing. And then the line where he says, when um, Nancy comes in and sees him, he sees he's on the gurney, he's going into operating room, mm. and sits there and looks her straight in the eye. And goes, I forgot to duck. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, he used that line. And then there's another great line where uh, the the surgeon and he goes, uh, 
the doctors all running is i hope uh i hope these doctors are republican <laughs> and the surgeon a great line he goes mr president today we're all republicans and that was a cool line for a surgeon <laughs> i thought that was great and he came through the surgeon almost the problem was in the surgery he was feeling for the uh, bullet and he doesn't get that bullet yeah it's bad it's, he's not gonna make it mm -hmm. he doesn't get the bullet and he had to close up soon. They didn't know what to do. And he just, with seconds left, the surgeon felt the bullet to save his life. And, of course, President Reagan makes Man, that's a high-pressure situation. Could you imagine? You're the, the doctor. You got the president. Yeah, on your table. You're the man. president of the United States, <laughs> man. You fucked that up. That shit. Uh, yeah. That shit. Yeah, seconds oh, left. It. Forever. You're done. How about the, to me, the Secret Service guys, man. They're heroes. Police and Secret Service. Such respect. All this guy, you know, yeah, that Secret Service dude, man, he jumped in front of, the, he did the job, I man. That's what he's supposed to do. By Sinbad, it's something to say. <laughs> it's something to say. Yeah, like that movie Sinbad. Like Sinbad. Like Sinbad did. Sinbad I saw the movie. Bullet. But, uh, but if you, if you, yeah, you say it and you do it. It's two different things. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And Reagan thanked him. You know, thank both Secret Service guys. We pointed at him. Thank me and see my life. But anyway, it's a cool book. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. The whole deal is we have a great. That's why we have the greatest country, man. I love it. That's always that's interesting to me. Colorful past, what the, <laughs> in present. What the deaths you're talking about? The because uh, uh, did you ever hear the, the zero year curse? And stuff's amazing. It's scary. It's scary. Did you ever hear about that? What's that? Zero year curse. No zero year. year cur oh well, yeah, I know. There's a lot of every. Uh, it's like speculation stuff on that. that stuff, like every sure. president who has yeah, been elected within a zero stuff. year has uh -huh. either died or almost died. Right. George Bush choked on a pretzel. That's like the that infamous Choked on a pretzel to cow. Do you remember that? They made that a huge news story. Like yeah. George Bush almost died on a pretzel yeah. today. Well, you got to gotta, gotta reach you gotta, a little. You got to reach. That. Yeah. Uh, well, think about it. This is amazing when you think about the history of the country. But you also look at the history of the times. And we talked about before, the good old days and stuff like that. Uh, there's an area around Pittsburgh called Bedford Springs. And presidents used to stay there a lot. It was like the the White House in the summer because sewage is sewage systems. It's not like now. You had sewage in the street, crap in the streets, and stuff in the sewers. They they weren't efficient. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't efficient. You know, this wasn't long ago. It's like your twenties, right? Turn of century in the twenties. Our right? streets were good and shitty. Yeah, and smell. Imagine Washington D.C. 98, 98 degrees, humidity's crazy, sewage is all screwed up and whole thing. And then you got industrial revolutions kicking in. Now you got coal and all these other. Just like in Pittsburgh, we had all. Well, you had to get out of it. So you go to Bedford was beautiful in the mountains. You ever go there? Get a chance. Bedford Springs mm -hmm. Resort, so awesome. They have uh, water there. It's healing mineral water. They call it probably was just. They said it was probably more less the not the water, but the fact that you got clean air. Yeah. They probably healed more people than not, but. But uh, they have all the presidents that stayed there written in the book. You know, President you know, Taylor and all people. But one of the things, getting to the point where you president's dying and stuff. Yeah. and murder, I was reading this thing on president's lives, and one of the craziest things was that one president, I, I'm, I followed you to look him up, the guy who died from cherry, eating bad cherries. There was a president. <laughs> He's elected a zero year. Zachary Taylor. <laughs> I don't know. Was this, that's a good question, Taylor. Was it zero? Zachary Taylor. Is it him? He could you imagine? He was at a Fourth of July party, Fourth of July picnic, mm -hmm. and he goes back to the White House, eats cherries, and fucking dies <laughs> from cherries. That's craziest thing. Could you imagine? I couldn't imagine that. 
Could you imagine that now? It's like, how do people handle that? I know. What's the news of that? Ladies and gentlemen, president dead on cherries. What? <laughs> <laughs> he was hungry. He ate them, and man, they had some bacteria in them. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Was they would make that something fragile? up if that happened today. If that happened today, they'd have to, they, right? They'd make something up like, he oh, yeah, uh, plane crash. Cherries got them. <laughs> bacteria. <laughs> My God, what was that all about? <laughs> Cherries took out the president? Really? It's rough. Fruit took him out. <laughs> Who knew? There, there, there's speculation that the cherries were poisoned with arsenic. Ooh. Ooh. That makes it a lot hipper. Yeah. But actually, he said it was just like, there's bacteria in those days. There was a warning back there for E. coli or some sort of like weird in the water, you know, once again, back to the sewage. But I guess it was part of the the milk and the cherries or something. They all had, they could have had that uh, E. coli or whatever was, whatever was killing people back oh, then. Wow, so, wow, there's dude. always something killing someone back in those days. sucked back Hey, then. we just had penicillin <laughs> in the 50s, pal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody always talks about like, it, like, oh, the greatest generation. They went off to war. They were like, hey, I'm going to die eating cherries anyway. Yeah. So let's just go. It was, <laughs> I always say that. They said, oh, good old days where your steak was just thick and your milk was creamy. Yeah, you died at fucking 30 <laughs> from a flu. <laughs> yeah. You can have your steak and creamy milk. <laughs> yeah, we'd all have it at your funeral when you were 28. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah, you have it all. Yeah. You have it all. I'd rather my heart stents and Lipitor. Yeah, dying fuck. Yeah. <laughs> good old days, my ass. Who gives a shit about the good old days? We had the good old days. You had those beautiful people just clean and wonderful. Yeah, you didn't have fucking Netflix or anything. Fuck that. <laughs> I always love that. Every time I hear bored. about that, it's like I could just hear Richard Pryor like doing that back in the thirties. Yeah, diet. <laughs> I would have been one. I would have been one to be dead back then. Be so fucking bored. Oh, what am I gonna do? We didn't do today, Jim. We ain't gonna look at the wagon wheel. Okay. Huh? Gonna... That's all we do. I look at the wagon wheel. Play jacks and spin this top around. I'm gonna play spin the top. <laughs> then uh, me and Terry and Mike Wasaki and uh, Mike Sathan are gonna just talk and pretend we're talking to people beyond ourselves. <laughs> It's called a podcast. As long as y'all don't get caught talking to me. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot, Terry. That was it up until 66. What are you doing today, Jim? What's your, what are you doing today? I'm hiding Terry again. <laughs> Secret conversation. <laughs> Secret convos in the back of the jitterbug. Yeah. Actually, yeah. none of us. Here's the thing. None of us would hang out. I don't think, I don't think Polish, Polish people <laughs> wouldn't even hang Italian, Polish, Italian. Italians, Italians and blacks were in Philly, created yeah. the word yo. See? You know that? Dude, yeah. Yo. 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 And that was yo, invented in the 30s. Hey. How about that? How badass is that? See? Oh. Oh. It was right after A was invented. Oh. Hey. Then we invented these nuts. <laughs> Who is running for president? Oh, man. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's how we ended. We ended with these nuts for president. Yes. Uh, hey, back around. Around. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, Killing these nuts. That's the, that's the new <laughs> O'Reilly book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There, I'll be next week talking about that book, <laughs> Killing These Nuts. And I'll love it. I'll be on Bill Riley, man. He nailed these nuts, man. Did you know this Killing about these nuts? Killing These Nuts. Riley's next book. Oh, my God. You guys are awesome. All right. Hey, that was great, man. That was a lot of fun. I hope everyone enjoyed that. And uh, take care. I'll talk to you guys soon. Grand no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Cran of Jim Cran No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, 
iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com.